Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, March 24th. Coming up on the show today, Josh Ward from WNML is going to join us to talk a whole lot of Vols. How's the city of Knoxville doing after the loss in the NCAA tournament? You got the Lady Vols in the Sweet 16. You got a big five-star commitment for the football team. A lot of stuff going on in Knoxville, and Josh will give us the latest from the 865. Of course, I've got a quote for you from a senior-level graphic designer about the Vanderbilt logo redesign that you are going to want to hear. And the U.S. men's national team is back on the pitch in World Cup qualifying. Our show this week is brought to you by the 8th Annual J.E. Dunn Hammer Down 5K Race. It is on Saturday, April 2nd. All of the proceeds will benefit our kids. You guys have heard me talk about our kids before. An unbelievable organization here in Nashville taking care of sexually abused children. Don Davenport's going to be there emceeing. And again, you can sign up. We need runners. So you can sign up at hammerdown.raceroster.com. That's hammerdown.raceroster.com. Sign up. Come out and run. Saturday, April 2nd. And again, special thanks to the Kingston Group for donating their time on this show to the event. That is the J.E. Dunn Hammer Down 5K on Saturday, April 2nd. All the proceeds benefit our kids. Check out the website. Go sign up and come race with us. Hammerdown.raceroster.com. Well, it is Thursday, which means it's time to talk with Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville at Josh underscore Ward. Josh, how are you, sir? Um, let me ask you first about the reaction to the basketball team. What has do what what has doing your show this week been like what are the fans talking about when it comes to rick barnes and the early exit by the volunteers so fans are understandably disappointed they should be it, it would be disappointing if fans weren't disappointed in, in the way things transpired because there had been this big buildup. tennessee was playing really good basketball leading up to the michigan game and there was a ton of excitement about that game and all right we're going to punch our ticket go on to the sweet 16 and then we'll have all week to talk about what our real hopes are. And that is to go to the final four. And it felt real. And then two hours go by and it's over. That's it. So fans are really disappointed. Overall, I've sensed a happy feeling about the way the season went. I think the SEC tournament win helped with that. Now I do believe most people given the choice would trade in that Texas A&M win for a win against Michigan to get to the sweet 16 and then see what happens from there. You don't get to play that game though. I think fans remember the Kentucky and Auburn and Arizona win earlier in the season and going undefeated at home. And whether fans were at the games or watching on television, either way, they were able to feel how exciting that was. And that's not going to be taken away. And also the experience of watching this team come together, because two months ago, fans were saying, I don't really like watching this team play. And it went from that <laughs> to really liking the team and seeing the team come together and experiencing really good success. It just ended in disappointing fashion, and that is always the danger when you enter the month of March in college basketball. So, of course, buoyed by the fact this entire week, buoyed Tennessee fans by the fact that they land a five-star quarterback out of California, one of the highest-rated players. First of all, it, 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 this is the highest-rated recruit that Tennessee has signed since fill-in-the-blank. And what does it mean for the job that the collective is doing in helping Josh Heupel uh, helping loosely here um, in air quotes, uh, helping Josh Heupel and Tennessee recruit. Right. And uh, I, we do have to put the caveat. He's a commitment right now. Now there has been a signature is the belief, just not with a uh, <laughs> national, not with an NLI, just with NIL uh, potentially. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. But he's a big deal. Uh, he's not the highest rated recruit overall, but if you go to the most important position at quarterback, 
there are different services, of course, but if you look at kind of the composite deal over the last 20, 25 years, he's as big as he as it gets. So I do think you're going back to the Peyton Manning conversation. Casey Clawson was a huge quarterback recruit, and there have been other very well thought of players that have signed with Tennessee. Jonathan Crompton was highly touted. Jarrett Garantano, we know how it played out after the fact, but he was a big time recruit. Eric Ainge and Brent Schaefer in the same class, all very highly regarded but not quite like Nico. So this can create more attention. And yeah, there will be the NIL conversation. And Nico committing to Tennessee will open up doors to potentially land other highly touted prospects. It will also probably cause them to ask, what can I get if I'm going to go play football at Tennessee? That's just the new open conversation in college football and college athletics is what opportunities besides playing football or whichever sport we're talking about are going to be there. But, Braden, a big question, maybe the biggest, with Josh Heupel arriving at Tennessee was, can Tennessee recruit at the highest level? And we still need to see some answers there on the defensive side of the ball. I'm never going to worry too much about how well they recruit at receiver or the skill positions. but They'll probably recruit at a higher level there because Nico's committed. So they need to do more. But now the optimism is real that Tennessee can recruit at the highest level because they've done that at the quarterback position, the most important position, if you're going to try to rebuild the program. What percentage of people in Knoxville know that the baseball team is number one in the nation? That's a good question. There's been so much basketball talk and then Nico attention and spring football is here. Sure. There are also so many polls that it's kind of difficult to keep up with in baseball, but a big weekend's coming up against Ole Miss. And uh, now more than a year ago, there's more excitement and more talk. This time a year ago, I still wasn't getting much a text thread conversation about the baseball team. So that's kind of my gauge to start out is how much of my friends who are fully invested, how much are they bringing up baseball this early in the season and a pretty good amount. So not enough, but that's just kind of how it goes. Football's King basketball was on a really good run. So there's attention there. Lady balls are getting some play as they're in the sweet 16, but I think fans are really excited and and what's going on with Tony Vitello and the program in general. And they had uh, great crowds to start out home play. And that wasn't the case yet a year ago. So fans are invested in Tennessee baseball. And now the basketball is over and spring only takes up so much conversation in football. People are going to be paying attention. I think this weekend to the Ole Miss series, this, this time last year, no one knew the name, Tony Vitello. They all know the name, Tony Vitello this time uh, going into the season. That is, Uh, you mentioned the lady Vols. What, What are expectations for that team this weekend? I don't think they're very high. I think fans are partly relieved that they avoided the loss in the second round, but excited that Tennessee is back in the sweet 16, considering the injury issues. This was a team that when they were stronger personnel wise earlier in the year, were playing better injuries have no doubt affected how things have gone. Despite that Tennessee is back in the sweet 16 for the first time since 2016. And the hope will be, even if the lady Vols lose in the sweet 16, that this is something that they can build on in terms of developing within the program and recruiting. So overall, the mood's great, I think, with Lady Vols basketball. Is this the healthiest the University of Tennessee Athletics Department has been in 25 years? It feels that way, and part of it can be in the moment, but, Braden, we've seen a lot of bad moments over the last 25 years to compare, so you can easily skip through a number of years going back. Ultimately, the answer to that question is going to be decided by what football does. So if Tennessee goes seven and five again, then fans are going to say no, because that's not good enough. But if if they continue to take steps forward and right now it's an offseason conversation, the excitement and the hype with Tennessee football is tremendous. Other sports are doing really well. The the quote non-revenue sports that don't get 
probably enough attention. They were doing elite things. And uh, yeah, fans are just in a good mood. And I think they believe in the coaches. They believe in the leaders of the athletic department. And collectively, it's as uh, as good as it's been in a while. That is definite. Uh, Josh Ward, always a pleasure, man. You can catch him all over the, the radio on Twitter, uh, Radio WNML in Knoxville, Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. So I guess I've got to touch on something that I never thought I would be talking about on a Nashville sports podcast, and that is graphic design. The Vanderbilt Commodores Athletic Department released all kinds of new branding and logos for their school, their athletics programs. And while I do not hate the new bold singular V that a lot of the internet absolutely despises, I do tend to agree that the star and V logo, which they conveniently slipped in as a secondary logo, by the way, which I think is actually uglier. I, listen, I that that star and that V were iconic, and you knew exactly what you were looking at when you saw the star and the V. You knew it was Vanderbilt University. You knew it was Vanderbilt Athletics. It's a signature logo, and there are tons of teams, even in the SEC, that use just a simple letter. We can look at the script A at Alabama or the power T at Tennessee or the big bold F at Florida occasionally that is used. Generally, a lot of teams use just a big singular letter, and it's fairly uncreative. Now, if this was the first time I've ever seen a Vanderbilt logo, I would like it. I saw some hats in which I actually thought it looked pretty good. But it's not the first time I've seen a Vanderbilt logo, and I've seen the other logo, and I know it's better. Since everyone has an opinion on graphic design, and frankly, you're not going to make everybody happy, some people will love the exact same thing that somebody else hates, I thought I would reach out to somebody who is a professional, a high-level graphic designer, a senior-level graphic designer who works on sports content for a living. And this is what he told me about the Vanderbilt redesign. Quote, the one constantly positive thing about Vandy Athletics is that Star V is a truly iconic logo in college sports. It's one of the things they can actually celebrate as a win, especially in the SEC, where they bring up the rear in many regards. Apologies to baseball and bowling. So, though I like the concept of trying a fresh approach, they just shat the bed with this. To dismantle the Star V and create a primary identity mark with a single V that looks like Villanova, Xavier, and the History Channel logo had a menage a trois is one of the worst rebranding attempts in quite some time. And then to throw in a new, updated Star V as a secondary mark tells me that the agency already knew that they were going to get massive blowback. The new Star V came straight out of the build-a-team mode on Madden. It's that poor. Or Vandy said to the XFL, hold my beer, we've got a new logo to create. Th there you have it, folks. I have my own opinion, you have your own opinion. I actually don't mind the V itself, except for I know where it came from. It came from a Star V that was far more identifiable with the brand. But that's from a professional, folks. That is from a high-level, senior-level, professional graphic designer who works in sports. I don't know what else to tell you, Vandy. Hopefully, much like the Smashville jerseys that the Predators put out for the stadium series, hopefully it looks a lot better in person than it does on the internet. Nashville SC and the MLS is in the international break because the final three matches of World Cup qualifying for CONCACAF and the U.S. men's national team begins on Thursday evening. That's right, 9 p.m., United States versus Mexico, down at Azteca in Mexico City, a place that they have never won. They will play Panama on Sunday, and they will play Costa Rica on Wednesday. Through 11 matches in World Cup qualifying, the United States is number two behind only Canada in the standings. They have 21 points and a plus-nine goal differential. 
Obviously, if Mexico takes the three points tonight and jumps the United States, it will come down to the matches with Panama and Costa Rica, who are sitting at four and five. Now, it doesn't matter where you finish in the qualifier, one, two, and three, you automatically get in. So as long as the United States gets results with Panama and Costa Rica, this team will make the World Cup. There is an outside chance that they miss it or that they end up in that four slot and then they have to earn their way in through a whole lot of other weird stuff, playing in an intercontinental playing game and all that other stuff. But basically... The Mexico match, if you get any result at all against Mexico, it is house money, and the U.S. is all but locked into a place in the World Cup. So 9 p.m., U.S.-Mexico, one of the greatest rivalries in all of North American sports, in my opinion. Make sure you check that out. And if you want a full breakdown of all the World Cup qualifying matchups, make sure you check out the Club and Country podcast. Wes and Tim did a great job breaking down these last three matches for the World Cup and what's at stake and all that good stuff. Way better job than I'm doing right now. So go check out the Club and Country podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. USA, USA, that's tonight, 9 p.m. against Mexico. Tune in. Thank you guys all for listening. Please share the product. Tell somebody about it. We really, really appreciate it. Check out the YouTube page. Follow us on the socials. Just basically click all of the buttons, okay? That's all we're asking. Click all of the buttons. Make sure you remember the Hammer Down Race. That's hammerdown.raceroster.com. The 8th annual J.E. Dunn Hammer Down Race. It is a 5K on Saturday, April 2nd, and all the proceeds will benefit our kids. The time on the show, of course, donated by the Kingston Group, so remember them as well. I know I'm asking you to do a lot of stuff, but we really, really appreciate you guys for being a part of this community. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, March 24th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.